To experience a morning show unlike any other. Shout out to the Breakfast Club. I hope to see y'all every morning. What you guys are doing right now is the hub culture. The Breakfast Club is my morning sit. I need it and I love it so much. I feel like you really not popping until you do the Breakfast Club. I've been waiting to come to y'all's show, man. I know really? you got to be a big time celebrity to be up in here. You got to be, you got to be big time. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Break the fuck out. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlamagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday! Good morning. Good morning. How y'all feel out there? All right, Monday, back to the work week. How was everybody's weekend? Pretty good. I opened my coffee shop, so that was exciting. I was there all weekend. Congrats. Yeah, it was. it's doing pretty well so far. It's been really, really busy. So I'm grateful for that, for everybody that's come out. We're only open from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. until after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a soft opening while we're getting everybody trained properly, getting it all yep. together, seeing what has to be fixed. But it's doing great. And coffee is a great business. Congratulations. Caffeine is like a, like a legal drug. Yeah, no, and it's actually really good for you. I always talk about the health benefits of coffee. It helps with diabetes. It helps prevent Parkinson's. It's an appetite suppressant. It gives you energy. It's just when people add all that cream and sugar, that's what makes coffee not so good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never uh, drank coffee, um, but I'm going to try. I'm going to come to your shop this week. You I said ne- that somebody was looking for you, too. Yeah, yeah I seen. Thanks for the video. And um, we start with oat milk, too, because we don't, like, you know how a lot of times places upcharge for oat milk, but uh-huh. we give you oat milk off the bat unless you request something else. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Now, over the weekend, my daughter, who acts, uh, she's an actress. She had her play over the weekend, which was pretty cool, so... I was by her play, watching her play. I went to a couple of shows just to check her out. I love seeing her be happy. I love seeing her acting. So I was there, and I was also in Indianapolis. Uh, uh, shout to happy birthday to uh, Darian. I believe that's her name. She turned 50. Her husband threw her a, a big party in Indianapolis, a private party. It was uh, me, Jazzy, Jeff, and Trey Songs. I ran into Trey. So Trey sends his love to everybody up here. Salute hey. to Trigger. I was right. just listening to some Trey songs um, earlier um, in, over the weekend. Yeah, he was telling me about uh, the, the best thing in his life and the best thing that has ever happened to him is his, his child. He was so excited and he was telling me everything about the baby and everything. So, Trey, and this was in the club. This was in the middle of the club. <laughs> me and Trey was talking about kids, which was so funny. So That's how you know Trey. y'all too old to be in the club. When you're in the club and you're talking about your kids, you don't need to be in the club no more. Nah, you're, I, you're, the statute of limitations on your club uh, appearances. Has expired. Nah, because you really nah. don't want to be there. Um, yeah, no, nah, we were both be, we were both excited to be there, but I we can't just, tell. We just haven't seen each other in a long time. So when you see somebody, you catch up, no matter where you at. If you're at the airport, or if you're on the street, or at a club, you know, we well, were talking about that. We we did that for a little bit, and then we got back to you know, I had I had the DJ, and he did what he did. Yeah, to get back to your families. <laughs> now we DJ first, but in the morning we was back. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Now, uh, we got some special guests joining us today, right? Dr. Sanjay Gupta is going to be here. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, I know we always have a lot of questions about COVID, mm-hmm. about the vaccine. So we have an expert who's been following this and studying this every single day. 
for the past couple of years. Yeah, he has a new book called World War C, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll kick it with him in a little bit. All right, now front page news, what are we talking about? Well, look, this morning we are going to talk about this bipartisan infrastructure bill throughout the morning, but we also have some other stories as well. You know, today's a big day as airlines are preparing for a travel surge. We'll tell you about that. All right, we'll get into all that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Now, over the weekend, the Falcons are in uh, football. Falcons beat the Saints. The Browns beat the Bengals. Uh, Dolphins beat the Texans. The Chiefs beat the Packers. Titans beat the Rams. The Cardinals beat the 49ers. The Chargers beat the Eagles. Ravens beat the Vikings. Patriots beat the Panthers. Jaguars beat the Bills. My Giants are now in second place. They beat the Raiders 23-16. And uh, Charlemagne, I'm sending you healing energy. The Broncos beat the Cowboys 30 to 16. They got washed. We did get washed yesterday. Washed. We're still six and two, and number one on top of the NFC East with a bullet. It's not even close. Yeah, but no, we're tied for second. We'll be there, sure. Man, shut up. No, you won't. Yes, we will. You and and Monday Night Football, the Steelers take on the Bears. Now, uh, Canelo Alvarez, he won. He beat Plant over the weekend, Ooh. becomes undisputed super middleweight champion with an 11th round TK. Amazing fight, man. Canelo Alvarez is just too good, man. It's too good. Plant, plant, plant uh, fought well, but you know the f- way he was fighting just wasn't sustainable. He was taking way too much punishment and leaving that left hook open for Canelo all night. And that's ultimately what took him out. But drop on the clues bombs for Canelo Alvarez. Even though you probably can't understand nothing that just came out of my mouth, I still drawn the drop on the clues bombs for him. All right. Now what else? Oh, and also, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was released from the uh, Browns over the weekend too. Actually, Friday on his birthday. So not sh- not sure what team he's going to, but it looks like he wants to go to the Seahawks. But we'll see. All right, what else you got, Easy? Well, airlines are preparing for an international travel surge because they have eased COVID restrictions here in the United States. So everything reopens today to fully vaccinated visitors. And so now, right now, they're saying they've seen a 450% increase in international point-of-sale bookings versus the six weeks prior to the announcement. That's just for Delta. So they are saying guidelines require non-citizen travelers to provide proof they've been fully vaccinated prior to boarding a flight to the U.S. All passengers, including U.S. citizens, will be required to test negative for COVID within three days of a flight's departure as well. All right, now here is what's in the bipartisan infrastructure bill that Congress just passed. It was a one, it's a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package that got passed on Friday. And this is something that's been in the works for quite some time. Democrats are saying this bill pays for itself through a multitude of measures and without raising taxes. But uh, here is what's in the infrastructure bill. It's going to create jobs replacing lead, lead water pipes. So every American, every child can drink clean water, improving their health and putting plumbers and pipefitters to work. How long have we been talking about that? It's a gigantic issue. Yeah, that should have been a no-brainer for so long. And then there's funding for roads and bridges, money for transit and rail, broadband upgrades, upgrading the airports, the ports, the waterways, electric vehicles, uh, improving power and water systems, environmental remediation. And here is what Biden is saying about how this will all be paid for. That's a lot of money, guys, $1.2 trillion. And this bill is fiscally responsible. That's a fancy way of saying it's fully paid for. It doesn't raise the deficit by a single penny, and it actually reduces the deficit, according to the leading economists in this country, over the long term. And it's paid for by making sure that the wealthiest Americans, the biggest corporations, begin to pay their fair share. And so, and keep my campaign commitment, it does not raise a single penny in tax for anyone making less than $400,000 a year. 
Well, how many compromises they made uh, to get that done? Because they, they did leave a lot on the table. Yeah, you know, it was that supposed was to be the- a two point. Two, what, $2.25 trillion bill? Well, they had to leave out uh, money for caregiving for aging and disabled Americans. They were going to spend $400 billion on that. that. That's left out. Also, um, his proposal would have expanded access to long-term care services under Medicaid, and that's left out. It also would have improved the wages of home health workers who make about $12 an hour now. Uh, also, $100 billion for workforce development, which would have helped dislocated workers, assist underserved groups, put students on career paths before they graduate high school. Also, money to modernize VA hospitals. That's horrible, especially mm-hmm. being at Veterans Day this Thursday. Like, how you leave out $18 billion, you know, to, to modernize the VA hospitals? Also, corporate tax hikes that Biden wanted to use to pay for the American Jobs Plan. A lot of things have been left mm-hmm. out in order to get this passed. And corporate people said, Make no, 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 no. You won't be raising taxes on us. All right. Well, that is your front page news. We'll talk about this more in the next hour. All right. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest whether you're mad or blessed so you better have the same energy we want to hear from you on the breakfast club hello who's this what's up guys this is joe man good morning everybody happy monday joe what up man get it off your chest brother i want to get off my chest these cowboys man i mean you call these a super bowl winning team and you get baked like that Charlemagne. what you got to say man I know you're not serious, right? You know this is the NFL any given Sunday. Charlamagne, two weeks ago, you had bragged to me like, oh, man, Super Bowl, these Super Bowl contenders, Cowboys. What's so, going on? So, so because we're 6-2 and two and lost a game to a 4-4 four four yeah, team. You know, this is every year. Every year with the Cowboys, y'all win in the beginning and y'all lose in the playoffs. Can I ask you a but question? Anyways, was... how, how, many, how many regular season games did the Bucks lose last year? Uh, I think it was like 10 or 12. I'm, no, they no, didn't. They won the Super Bowl. They wouldn't have made the playoffs without a 10 and 12. Well, I'm thinking the year before. I'm thinking about the year before that. My apologies. It happens, bro. We'll be fine. And Andy, yes, sir. And Andy, I want to shout out to Trav or somebody who gave me a shout out after I had called. Oh, that, last um, week, yeah. If you don't have the energy for your about your car show anymore. And I want to give, I think it was Trav. It was Trav, a good shout out, man. You know, thanks, man, for shouting me out. You know, I try to pick up the good points. Yeah, Trav yeah, tra- ain't going to call this morning, man. We'll just send him healing energy. Yeah, healing energy. Happy Monday, everybody. Yo, God for- bless him. Thank you again, man. Yo, Trav is definitely going to call. Cowboy fans ain't hiding, bro. We 6-2. and two. What are you talking about? Hello, who's this? Yo, this be yo from Jersey City, man. Arthur, that was Trav. Hey, hey, man, man, you let Charlamagne slide too quick, man. If Dallas would have won, man, he'd have been talking about that all day. We going to ride how they got blown out. They got blown out. My Giants did their thing yesterday, baby. I know you're not sitting there you, bragging brother. about your Giants. How many games your Giants won this year? Well, tell them we in second place, care. though. We in number two. That's man, right. Man, shut up. Number one, and y'all got blown out. That's right. That's they that's fine. Well, let me ask you a question. Would you have rather taken that taking that blown out yesterday and be six and two, or do what y'all did yesterday and be two and six or three and five or whatever the hell y'all are? Man, it doesn't matter, man. Yes, it does a matter. Is a win. A win, win is a win. win. There you go. Any given Sunday, win is a win. Any yeah, given that Sunday, Cowboys lost. Stop it. We six and two. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Hello, who's this? Good morning. It's Mickey calling from Florida. How hey. are y'all doing this morning? Hey, Nikki, get it off your chest. Oh, just a couple of things. First of all, Dr. Charlemagne, how about our Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? I mean, we lost yesterday, but it's, it's, it's fine. Any given Sunday, we still 6-2 exactly. out here. Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, Just because you won down don't mean nothing. That's right. <laughs> Angela Yee, how are you doing this morning? Congratulations on the coffee shop. Thank you so much. I hope you're doing well, too. Listen, I'm just, you know, it's Monday, time change. I'm trying to get in the zone. But I had a couple of questions. What's up? Now, with the new infrastructure bill, of course, this means that they pushed aside the Police Reform Act, right? Oh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I just read a story about, what is his name, Jamarion Robinson. Now they're trying to push a case with the federal agents who shot him. And they're saying that the Police Reform Act could have helped them with that. But now they're thinking that they're not going to be able to prosecute that case. Yeah, the George Floyd policing bill is 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 dead in the water. Okay, for now. Oh, great. Love that. <laughs> All right, and then the second thing was the Astroworld situation. Angela, I know you're probably going to talk about it in the rumor report, but how do y'all feel about that whole entire situation? Man, while they're still investigating, I just feel like it's such a tragedy. I feel awful for people who lost... Uh, their kids and family members. I saw a 14-year-old died, a 16-year-old. Just terrible situation. Yeah. So we'll tell you what information we do have from all different sides. But I always yeah, I always thought that majority of those festivals, something like that was bound to happen. I mean, it's just because well, it's so many people. Something. You're right. You're right. Because remember back in the day when MTV was lit, they had the Woodstock. Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit got called out on all that rioting and stuff. And after that, they were like, yeah, no more. No more. We're not doing it. It's too crazy. It's too many people. We are not built for this. So I think it's kind of wild, especially seeing as how this is Travis's second incident with some craziness like this. Yeah, um, and you know, the majority of festivals don't have issues like this. So I think they're just going to no. have to figure out how to make sure this doesn't happen yeah, ever I again. Mean, you can't blame the artist, though. You know, he, he was there performing. Uh, I right. don't think you can blame the artist. You know what I mean? I, I just think they need to, like she, like you just said, they need to figure out how do some festivals work and how some don't. And that's the reason why, like, and, and when my kids go to the festival, my kids went to Rolling Loud. You know, uh, for my son, I had somebody go with them, not to necessarily protect them because my son is is a huge football strength, but just to, to guide him in the right way to see things that he might not see. You know, like, hey, let's not go in that crowd over there because it can get a little crazy. Come well, on this side. I know? will say, though, from what I read, it was really nothing you could do if you was in that crowd. Mm -hmm. They was like, they was like, yeah. pe they was like people were drowning in people. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy enough to think, you know, with shootings and all that other stuff, you just now have to be worried about people just being so amped up, yeah. so hyped up, and yeah. like being trampled. It's crazy. Well, condolences, I actually. Mom. I just wanted to call in, get that off my chest. Uh, let Charlemagne know the Cowboys be going to the Super Bowl. We out here, DJ baby. <laughs> DJ Envy and Charlemagne, congratulations on the new queens in y'all's lives. Thank you. I know you. he is getting ready to pop any day now. So yep. DJ Envy, I know I won't be hearing you too soon. Yeah. But congratulations, y'all. Thank you. Have a great day. Stay blessed. Just send a positive energy to all of us today. Right. Thank you I so like much. her. I like her. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. With Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, this Astro World Festival over the weekend, a lot of details are emerging right now as they're in, they are investigating what happened. At least eight people between the ages of 14 and 27 were killed during a crowd surge at the festival in Houston. It was a group of about 50,000 people in attendance. Hip Hop DX editor in chief Trent Clark, who has been to several of Travis Scott's performances, said Travis Scott's whole aesthetic is about rebellion. The shows have a lot of raging with the death of punk rock. Hip Hop has indeed adopted and patterned the new generation 
generation of mosh pits. It's not uncommon to see a lot of crowding and raging or complete wild behavior at a Travis Scott show. Salute to my guy, Trent, man. Drop on the clues bonds for Trent Clark. My guy. All right, now the mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner, said the city had more security at Travis Scott's Astro World Festival on Friday than it did during the World Series, but they are doing a thorough review and investigation into the event. They said we had um, more security, like I said, than at the World Series, and they did send hundreds of officers to the event in addition to about 250 non-police security. So they said about 50,000 people were compressed toward the stage at around 9.38 p.m. while Travis Scott was performing. And unfortunately, like we said earlier, eight people uh, did die. The youngest person who was injured was 10 years old. So Mm. in total, 17 people were transported to nearby hospitals. 11 experienced cardiac arrest and more than 300 people were treated at the scene. Now, the Houston police chief, Troy Finner, also discussed what happened. And he said he warned Travis Scott about Astroworld, about the crowd there. Prior to the event, he did express concerns about the crowd and that he said... uh, According to the police chief, he said somebody he knows personally uh, warns Travis Scott also as well. Another thing that he's talking about is Narcon. They had to use Narcon on a security officer at Astroworld. They said that one of the security was actually pricked and they had to use that because he did end up uh, becoming unconscious and Narcon is an emergency treatment for opioid overdoses. So we don't know what somebody pricked into that individual's neck. But here is Houston Police Department Chief Troy Finner discussing. I will tell you, one of the narratives was that some individual was injecting other people with drugs. We do have a report of a security officer, according to the medical staff, that he was reaching over to uh, restrain or grab a citizen and he felt a prick in his neck. When he was examined, he went unconscious. They administered Narcan. He was revived, and the medical staff did notice a prick. Mm. Right, so uh, they're still investigating that. They don't know what that could have uh, been that was injected into his neck. Now, uh, another man is speaking out, Kyle Green. He said he became paralyzed at a 2017 Travis Scott concert in New York. He said he was at Terminal 5, and he was reportedly pushed from a third-floor balcony during the performance, and it was a severely crowded event. And so they also are discussing uh, previous incidents that happened with Travis Scott. He did plead guilty to reckless conduct charges. Following Lollapalooza back in 2015, he encouraged fans to jump the safety barricades. According to authorities, in 2017, he was arrested after authorities accused him of inciting a riot during a concert at the Walmart Arkansas Music Pavilion. A security guard, police, and others reportedly suffered injuries, and as a result, he did plead guilty to disorderly conduct in a plea deal. He didn't do none of that in this situation. Situation, though, right? Do what? Any of that stuff that he was previously accused of doing. Oh, inciting a riot? No. As a matter of fact, no. he did stop uh, the crowd several times, and he did stop his show to try to get help for people at different times. So, and- so I would have to ask, you know, what's the point of reporting on that? Because it kind of feels like when, uh, you know, somebody gets in trouble with the police and then they start bringing up their past record like what's the point of that no well they're still investigating so they're trying to see if there was something more that could have been done if there's a history of things maybe security should have been up maybe they need to have more provisions there's lawsuits right now which we'll get into but travis scott did say this i just want to send out prayers to the ones that was lost we're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time my fans really mean the world to me and anytime i can make out 
you know, anything that's going on, you know, I just stopped the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know. Uh, we've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this. I'm honestly just devastated and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. <sighs> Love you all. Yeah, I don't know what happened in this situation. I mean, it's easy to blame the artist, but the artist is not in control of the space. The artist is in control of mm-hmm. how, isn't in control of how many people come into this space. It's not the artist's job to regulate overcapacity. I don't know what happened in this situation. I just know something went wrong, and it's a tragedy. Well, here he is actually stopping um, the show to help a fan. Oh, we need somebody to help him. Somebody passed out right here. Hold on, don't touch him, don't touch him. Everybody just back up. Somebody jump in. Come on, come on, security, get in there. Let's get in there, let's get in there, let's get in there. And like I said, there are several lawsuits going on already. Manuel Salza was the first revealed to be suing Travis Scott in Live Nation. He filed this on Saturday. According to his lawsuit, defendants failed to properly plan and conduct the concert in a safe manner. Instead, they consciously ignored the extreme risks of harm to concert goers and in some cases actively encouraged and fomented dangerous behaviors. Then there's another lawsuit by 23-year-old attendee uh, Christian Paredes seeking $1 million over allegedly being pushed into the show's general admission metal barrier and suffering permanent bodily injury. So this lawsuit names Travis Scott, Live Nation, as well as Drake and Harris County Sports and Convention Corporation. Oh, yes. So there'll be numerous others. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, checks handed out because of this situation. I mean, somebody's definitely liable. All right, well, that is your rumor report. We'll have more about this uh, in the next hour. All right. Now, when we come back, front page news, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about a mom who they thought on the airline she was trafficking her own biracial daughter. My goodness. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here talking about my friends at The General Insurance. They offer flexible payment plans and the ability to choose your payment date. Plus, they let you choose how you pay, whether that's with cash, card, or check. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com to learn more today. Some restrictions apply. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Now, NFL, the Falcons beat the Saints, the Browns beat the Bengals, Dolphins beat the Texans, Chiefs beat the Packers, Titans beat the Rams, my Giants beat the Raiders, we're we're in second place right now, Jaguars beat the Bills, Patriots beat the Panthers, Ravens beat the Vikings, Chargers beat the Eagles, Cardinals beat the 49ers, and the Broncos washed the Cowboys. It's amazing how excited y'all get when the Dallas Cowboys lose. The Cowboys washed. Well, I just want to point out that the Cowboys have as many wins as the Giants have losses. Okay. And in Monday night, we're six and two. The Giants are three and six. Let's let's keep that on. We're not talking about the past. And y'all not number two either. I don't know why you keep saying that. Number three actually behind the Eagles. No, you're not. You're number three behind the Eagles. No, you're not. You're number three. Number two. You're number three behind the Eagles. The Steelers play the Bears. Now, what else you got, Yeezy? Well, let's talk about a mom, a California woman. She is accusing Southwest Airlines of racial profiling. She was accused of human trafficking. She was traveling with her biracial daughter, her 10-year-old daughter, uh, Mary McCarthy of L.A. So they were flying to Denver after receiving news that McCarthy's brother had suddenly died. They had a brief stop in San Jose. They went on another Southwest flight but realized they couldn't be seated together. So she asked flight attendants if we could be seated together. She said they told us we'd each have to take a middle seat. So with their permission, I asked other passengers if they would kindly move so we could be together, especially as my daughter was grieving, and they did. 
She said people are nice. When they got to Denver, they were met by police officers on the jetway. She said, I got quite a shock having lost my brother the night before. I thought that someone else in my family had died and the police had been sent to deliver the news. Mm -mm. As for my daughter, she was terribly frightened. She was already experiencing the trauma of her uncle's death. And she is scared of police due to constant headlines about how police treat black people. She's black. Uh, She began to sob and was inconsolable. So, yes, terrible situation that they would do that. Imagine that happens to you, traveling with your child, and you get accused of human trafficking. So she accuses them now of racial profiling. She's got an attorney, and she wants the airline to be held fully accountable. I've been on the plane with my oldest daughter. This was a couple few years ago, and they asked me, is that, is that your daughter? I'm like, I hope so. They oh, said, the had this people? been a white child, yeah. there would not have what? been a raised eyebrow, really? according to McCarthy's attorney. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, on the flip side, a missing teenager from North Carolina was rescued by Kentucky police. She signaled for help, and you know how she learned how to do that? She used a hand gesture known on TikTok that represents violence at home, according to police. So the 16-year-old was from Asheville, North Carolina. She was reported missing by her parents on Tuesday. And on Thursday, a motorist called 911. They saw a girl in distress in a vehicle. The complainant was behind the vehicle, noticed a female passenger making the hand gesture that are known on TikTok to represent violence at home. I need help, domestic violence. So it's a one-handed sign somebody can use when they're in distress. Uh So TikTok teaching people things. Absolutely. And the 16-year-old learned that. All right, now Pfizer announced Friday that their COVID-19 antiviral pill, uh, when administered in conjunction with a widely used HIV drug, cut the risk of hospitalization or death by 89% in patients who have COVID. So the preliminary results from the trial were so positive that they did recommend the study be halted so the drug can be offered to the general public sooner. So they're saying they're going to submit this data to make it as soon as possible to seek emergency authorization for the pill. You say you got to mix it with an HIV drug? Mm-hmm, with a widely used HIV drug. In what if I don't have HIV? Does it matter? Well, this is to help you if you already have COVID. So it'll cut your risk of death and your risk of hospitalization by 89%. But what if I don't have HIV? Can I still take the HIV yeah. medication? Mm-hmm. A lot of these medications end up helping you with other things, too. It might be made for one thing, but it also, when used with Pfizer's uh, COVID-19 pill, can actually help you. That sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. The Giants are definitely in third place. Okay. Yeah. Don't get quiet now. That's all you heard? She's talking about something serious, and now you want to go back to the Giants? I'm just, I'm, I'm, the Giants need some type of medication. All right. They're in third place. Okay. Tied for second. No, you're not. Tied for third. second. No, you're not. I'm looking at the standings. You guys, right they just wrap me up. Y'all need to wrap Us up. and the Eagles okay. have the same record. But anyway, when we come back, Dr. Sun, uh, Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay be, Gupta. He's not your son. <laughs> Sanjay Gupta will be joining us. We'll talk to him when we come back. He has a new book called uh, World War C. Uh, so we'll talk to him next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power 1051. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. We have Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. What an honor. How are, are you? called World War C. What made you do that, sir? Well, you know, I've been uh, following this pandemic for the last uh, almost two years now and um, just fully immersed in this and, and realized that there are so many lessons that we've learned, obviously about the virus and the vaccines, but I think a lot about human behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I always sort of thought that uh, if, if 
something like this were to happen, the world would come together, kind of like if there was an alien invasion one day. That uh, That's what we need. Oh, that'll humble the world. An alien invasion. That's what we need. <laughs> because that would bring the entire world together. You can't so politicize that. Know. Some people might think it's a conspiracy theory and no, not believe it. Not when you see it, aliens, but you can't people. politicize it. You know what I mean? I don't know, Charlemagne. I think I feel you like think so? you can politicize anything nowadays. <laughs> Absolutely. Depends what color they are. If they red or blue, you'd be like, oh, yeah. that's a Republican Why alien. Black Asian, yeah. you, would think black a aliens, you would think a pandemic would bring people right. together. I mean, the virus was kind of like an alien. It was something mm-hmm. that we'd never seen before. It affected all humans. So why wouldn't all humans come together? And and we didn't. You asked the question why I write the book? Because 750,000 people have died. Mm-hmm. And I have three teenagers, and I don't want them to think that's normal. We could have prevented it, but we didn't prevent it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's lessons to be learned here. Can I say something? And, and I, I know I hear this a lot. You look so much bigger on TV. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I'm amazed. That's good, right? You're like fun size. I didn't realize. Doesn't he look big on TV? Now, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I'm so glad you're here because I keep on saying we need an expert in the room to discuss certain things. So they just recently approved the vaccine for children aged yeah. 5 to 11. Charlamagne and Envy are both saying they don't want their kids to get vaccinated. And Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Why not? Because of the fact that the media pushed the fact that Kids didn't need the vaccine. Our kids kids couldn't catch COVID, and kids are, mm. you know, their immune systems can fight COVID, and they don't get as sick as adults. Like, it was never a thing for kids for a year and a half. And you, the problem with the media, you start at one chapter and tell us one thing, but then you just turn all the way to the end of the book and say, now nah, you got to get your kids vaccinated 5 to 11. You're like, well, what happened? No, yeah, Doc, I look at it differently. I look at it like there's some things you give adults and some things you give kids, right? And you don't give it to kids because their bodies are still growing. Yep. And in my opinion, has this been tested enough to give to kids to see that we have long-lasting effects? I don't know. Adults is a little different. I'm all, I'm I'm already grown, but for my kids that are still growing, but what know. about what about measles vaccine? Would but you that's give been your... tested for years? How many years? Well, has but, it been but tested? in the beginning, it was given. I wasn't here. No, I know, but people were have been receiving this vaccine since it was uh, approved. For, for decades now, mm-hmm. chickenpox vaccine, 25 years. I mean, you know, in order to, to have long-term studies on something, you'd have to wait long-term. So you have a vaccine, would you wait 20 years before you'd start giving it to people? If it's not killing kids like that, like they say, then yes. The same thing with baby powder. People put baby powder in the next thought it was fine for years, and then all of a sudden it gets cancer. Well, I, see, here's the thing, though. Like, how many, how many deaths are you willing to accept? I mean, 700, close to 800 kids have died of this. Is that a lot? 700 well, kids? Listen, yeah. this, this time last Compared year. Compared to 750,000 people that died? Well, if you compare it that way. But let's put it this way. Chicken pox. We really needed a chicken pox vaccine. That was a huge scientific endeavor. How many people do you, how many kids do you think were dying of chicken pox before the vaccine? I agree. But this time last year, the media was literally saying the, the mortality rate for COVID on kids was very low. So low. don't worry about it. No, I don't think they were saying don't worry Y'all about it. They absolutely were, saying, were. No, no. It's it's it was much, much worse for for older Adults, people, right. much worse for the elderly, much worse for people with pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. That's true, mm-hmm. but can't both things be true at the same time? Yes, but can't y'all also? Uh, I mean, sadly, we got you got to hold people's hand in this generation, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like you can't go from low mortality rate to kids that don't worry about it to hey, everybody got to get their I kids vaccinated. But then I also feel like kids weren't yeah. in school last year at this time. Right. A lot of schools were closed, and now they are, and it's spreading a lot more amongst kids, and they're bringing it home to their families and people who might have conditions. That that is another reason I think that uh, it it could be of great benefit is that you could potentially help really 
bring this pandemic to a close because kids can spread this. Why didn't y'all do a better job for the past year and a half letting us know not only was it, you know, adults and, you know, people with bad immune systems, but kids too. And when as soon as the vaccine is ready for kids, y'all need to go get your kids vaccinated. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I can understand what you're saying, that the idea that it was really presented as a problem mostly for adults, mm-hmm. which is which is the case. I mean, you know, adults, especially elderly people over the age of 65, were the most at risk. And mm-hmm. that is still the case. So my kids are vaccinated. Now, my kids are a little bit older. They're teenagers now. Mm-hmm. But I immediately thought to myself... Boy, you know, I I really hope they don't get sick. The chances are much lower. But would I be able to justify the fact that they got sick even though a vaccine was available and I chose not to vaccinate them? I guess the real question ends up being, Charlamagne, what risk are you willing to tolerate? Let me put it this way. You tell people something, you have a 99.5% chance of surviving this. That means one in 200 kids will die. Mm -hmm. Okay, are you willing to take that risk? One no, in listen, I mean, we, 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 we do this and we throw that around, but like secondhand smoke kills more people a year than 800. Are you out here telling people they need to ban cigarettes? Well, they kind of have been in a lot of spaces. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, I'm yeah, I mean, that would not be a bad idea. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating for cigarettes. It's, just like, I'm I'm just... it's like the, y'all raised the, ter- the terror threat on certain things when you no, want but to. But, saying, but we don't know the side effects of what happens to these kids after they take this you know, vaccine for years. And, and, or if and they that, get and that's COVID. The scary part. But then you also said, right. you know, There's a lot of it's, passing, it's passing around. But just because my kid gets the vaccine doesn't mean he can't get it and pass it around. Right. So I think, I think that's a good point. So the question you're really raising is uh, COVID on one side got the vaccine on the other. Correct. They both may have risks. Yeah. Correct. Which risk do you think is higher? Which one are you willing to take? We don't know the long-term impacts of COVID. I'm really, the vaccine. Uh, and yeah. I'm not anti-vax at all. I'm just saying you're taking a risk either way. Right. But I think you have to decide which is the bigger risk here. And, you don't know. In, in the context know. of, I think we know. Why doesn't anybody talk about the fact that this time last year, Democrats were the main people telling folks, not to take the vaccine. Like, when will liberal mm. media own up to the fact they are responsible for mm. a lot of people being skeptical? Well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're right about this. There is always politics involved with things, but it's not always the same politics. I mean, before the pandemic, you may remember there were measles outbreaks that were happening. And if you go back and you say, okay, look, who was it that was not vaccinating at that time? It wasn't conservatives as much as it was liberals. Mm -hmm. It was young liberal parents that were not vaccinating their children. So there's always a politicalization of things. So it's agnostic, I think, you know, to say, hey, look, it's always these people who are anti-science or anti-vax or whatever. That can change. But it doesn't make a right. The worst thing that happened with this pandemic happened during a presidential election year. Because they did politicize it. You You had now Vice President Kamala Harris, President Joe Biden, then Governor Cuomo, literally saying who's going to take this vaccine don't trust the cdc Mm, and the fda somebody else is gonna have to tell us to take this vaccine and those clips now still get played over and over and over and over i know it's 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 tough charlie man i mean i i'm you know i feel like sometimes pushing a boulder uphill i think there's (laughs) there's there's scientists who are who have been working on these vaccines for a long time i mean i can i can tell you that you know when it comes to these side effects which you rightly raise you know what are the long-term effects what they find is that the if there are side effects from vaccines, they almost always occur within the first seven weeks of receiving a vaccine. Almost always. You said side effects happen in the first seven weeks. Yeah. So that that's why when you look at these safety studies, they basically say, hey, look, we want to follow these patients in the trials for at least two months because we know that the vast majority of side effects occur within the first 42 days, first seven weeks. Okay. So... Uh, 
that's when you now say, okay, we feel comfortable with the safety data to say that we didn't see significant side effects after that. We are willing to go ahead and authorize that. That's what happened last year, by mm-hmm. the way. You may remember this back and forth that was going on where um, the president said, go ahead and just get this thing out there. This was in October of last year, early November of last year, right before the election. Mm-hmm. And the FDA came back and said, hey, look, this is how we've done things forever. We're going to wait for the safety data. We're not going to rush that part of things. And that, that I think, was a great decision by the FDA. People said, hey, the FDA is now politicizing this. They're waiting too long. They're, gonna, they're not going to authorize this until after the election. Well, the, the issue was that the safety data wasn't coming back until after the election. By the way, we've had some six billion of these shots now given out around the world. Six billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else has data like that? around the world. Six billion things. You know, statin so, drugs. So if there like, was adverse side effects, y'all would know by now. Yes, that's okay. the thing. And All they right. were finding things that were really, really rare. Like I'm talking one in a hundred thousand, one in a million sort of things they were like finding. Like Johnson and Johnson. Correct. That was the big thing, the blood clots. I thought that was an example of how the system should work. They halted the trial for Johnson and Johnson. They said, let's figure this out. And then once they, they realized that the, the, the trials could continue, they went on. All right, we have more with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Charlamagne? So you can't, like, look at people and be like, oh, my God, why aren't you getting your kids vaccinated when, you know... We're just getting this new information, and we've been getting another information. We've been getting a whole set, another different information for a year and a half. I, I I hear you, man. I really do. And and I guess for me, it's just one of these things because I've been so immersed in it. I've known children who've gotten sick, mm-hmm. and and I've known children who ha- didn't get that sick, but even months later, still have symptoms. Mm-hmm. And when I say symptoms, I'm talking about teenagers who have to take three or four hour naps every day. These COVID naps that they call them. They still complain of brain fog. They still mm-hmm. have no taste. They have headaches all the time. These were perfectly healthy kids that didn't even get that sick. And again, I think to myself, if that is largely preventable, and I'm not going to say vaccines are 100% effective. That's another discussion. But they're so effective that why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I do this? I think sometimes, you know, and it's, it's no fault to you. It's just a human flaw. When you're immersed in something, you just assume everybody else yes. knows what you know. Well, I'm on TV, you know, talking about this all the time as well, mm-hmm. and I realize not everyone is is watching this stuff, mm-hmm. and and also, people after a while it gets depressing mm-hmm. to hear about a pandemic every day. They 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 call it empathy fatigue. If I tell you the story of one person with this one particular problem, and I tell you their entire life, and I tell you their story, you probably are to watch that story and have a lot of compassion for that person. Mm-hmm. But if I tell you that same story 10 times. That's right. <laughs> it's not like you have 10 times the amount of compassion. You actually have the same amount of compassion divided 10 times. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing about the aliens again. Why didn't we all come together here? In the beginning, you know, there was a study that came out and said, hey, if everyone just wore a mask, <laughs> when you go outside in public, if you do that, you could be part of a movement that could save 40,000 lives. That was a study that came out sometime in the but fall of last a year. Step, doc. Prior to that, Dr. Fauci said you didn't have to I know, wear I a mask. Mm. Like, we we, that's why, why do we, we, we play these games like we don't act like the people that we're listening to who are the experts like yourself, like the Dr. Fauci's, didn't put out misinformation at yeah. some point. Well, there is a expectation that science is always going to be absolutely certain from the beginning. 
they think science is going to be like math, that two plus two is always going to equal four. Here, here's the deal. And again, I think the nuance of this is important. But the difference with this virus is that we realized that people could spread this virus even if they had no symptoms themselves. That's unusual. And when that became clear in, in spring of last year, then it became clear that people should wear masks. But I think that uh, when it comes to scientific certainty, if that's what you're demanding, mm -hmm. you're probably never going to have that. So why fire people, like for instance, right? You were a healthcare worker. You were working when there was no PPE. You guys were out there. Yeah. No vaccine. No vaccine. Yeah. No Y'all were right? essential. You yes. Were, you were appraised. <laughs> we did parades. We bought you pizza. We did all of that. You bought me pizza. Well, <laughs> some hospitals. I didn't get any pizza. College, okay. college. We sent food. We sent food to hospitals. <laughs> right. So now, now when it comes to it, so now some of these healthcare workers don't want to take the vaccine. Yeah. So now we fire them, the same ones that were our heroes and working with no vaccine. And when nobody was there, they were there. Mandates are, they're tough. I mean, there's no question. What do you no feel about those mandates? Well, I think that if you're a healthcare worker and you're taking care of the most vulnerable people, and you could potentially be a source of transmission, I think that's a problem. But do you fire them? Do you put them into another division? Do you just put them on secretary? That's duty? a good but question. Maybe maybe, maybe, they should, maybe they could be in a position where they're not directly taking care of patients. Like, let's put it this way. What if your loved one was in the hospital, mm -hmm. and as a result of somebody not being vaccinated in the hospital, your loved one who's already sick, already vulnerable, now gets COVID because a healthcare worker transmitted it to them? Could you justify that? I mean, I mean, do we? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like here. Yeah, maybe not fair, fire you them. You had to get you maybe had not. to get checked before you came up in this building. Yeah, you could you could you could do and you testing. You could still test negative and have it. You could still just, test negative and have it. And by the way, somebody who's vaccinated could have it as well and still test negative. Much, and still have it. but that gets back to the to the idea of of risk. You're that's true, but you're far less likely, DJ, to 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 have it, to get it, to transmit it if you've been vaccinated. If you're demanding a hundred percent protection. With anything, probably in life, you're not going to get it. What but does that mean you don't worker, try at all? Yeah. Is what that, if a healthcare worker was like, I don't want to wear gloves or a mask because I don't feel like that really does anything. Right. But vaccination is way different than gloves and a mask. Some people feel differently about it because we haven't been gotten, we haven't been given the hundred percent facts. Everything changes, and you can understand why people are a little wary because we don't know. Every week, something changes. We are all going through something that is uh, truly unprecedented together. No, you right. This virus is new. So the, the idea that we didn't know exactly how to handle it in the beginning shouldn't really surprise anybody. Doctor, if, if, you, if more people would have said that early on, even the experts, I guarantee you, you'd be seeing a different response from the American public. Like, yo, we don't know what this is. But I feel like I experts think that's a good also, lesson. Like, I'm serious. But don't you feel really like experts lesson. also didn't know because I'm sure you were getting new evidence and then realizing different things. I think I think absolutely. You know, and I, I think one of the big ones was this idea that this virus would spread asymptomatically, these silent carriers of the virus. What about the variants? How much has that changed the course? That changed things a lot because we thought in many ways going into the summer of last year that the numbers were going to go down and they were going to stay down. Mm -hmm. Typically, you know, viruses don't spread as well when it gets hotter and more humid outside. But then Delta and all of a sudden things started happening again. Numbers started going up. It was that would have been very hard to predict, and we may have another variant. I, I will tell you this, and again, uh, you guys are right to say, "Hey, look, be skeptical of things." But we're following a lot of these variants now. They are named for the letters of the Greek alphabet. So Delta, we're going all the way down to Mu, and seeing are there other variants that are of concern. And the good news is, right now, it doesn't seem like there's ones that are going to be as as contagious as Delta has been. But that might be new information again. 
is it man-made? Was this made? Or I don't it... think so. I think the vast majority of these pathogens jump from animals to humans. That's that's what we've seen, you know, 70, 80% of the time. I mean, but when you see something kind of escape from a laboratory and the disease is named after the laboratory <laughs> it escaped from, I mean, eh, it's kind of hard to say it's not It's man-made. not named after the, what do you mean? Isn't it a Wuhan respiratory? It's called COVID, yeah. yeah but the it's Wuhan a, respiratory I mean, laboratory? Place, Wuhan Institute of Virology. I, I did a whole documentary about this, and I think, again, we we should ask questions about this. It is very suspicious that the very uh, place where this virus uh, originated is also the home of a big institute of virology. I, do, I don't think that changes the fact that most most of these viruses typically jump from animals to humans. The question has been, had they already found this virus and they were studying it in the lab and then it, it escaped, leaked from the lab, as you, as you say. I think that's still something that people uh, think is a possibility. The real concern here is that we really don't have any vision on what really happened in China. The World Health Organization went into China. They did this study, and they weren't even allowed inside the lab. Mm -hmm. There was a database of these coronaviruses that was taken down in September of 2019, just a couple months before, you know, we really started to hear about this coronavirus. Where did that database go? Why have we never seen it? Were there lab workers who got sick? Have we been able to investigate what happened to them? And the answer to all those questions is no. And I think that it's kind of like dealing with my teenage kids. They're not telling me the truth on something. Does that mean they're guilty of everything? I don't know. I mean, I think... Does it, it means they're hiding something. They're, they're hiding something. Once. <laughs> we know they're hiding something. They're hiding something, but I don't know that I'm ready to say that they're guilty of everything. Got you. But I think it's important because if we're serious about preventing this from happening again, which I think we can do, by the way. That's the most inspiring thing I learned over the last two years is that what happened over the last two years does not need to happen again. We have it within our capabilities to essentially make our world pandemic proof. And we need to do that. We're, we're growing our population. We're increasingly living with these pathogens. We're encroaching on their habitat. These viruses, they've been here longer than us. And as our population expands and we get into their, their, their habitat, they're going to these jumps from animals to humans are going to happen more and more but that doesn't mean it has to turn into a devastating pandemic like we just saw all right we have more with dr sanjay gupta when we come back it's the breakfast club good morning morning everybody it's dj envy angela Yee, charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club we're still kicking in with dr sanjay gupta charlamagne what would y'all do differently next time well, I, do, I remember president obama saying that we weren't ready for a, a pandemic if it was to happen. Well, you know, at the, but at the same time, Charlemagne, the United States was ranked number one in the world in terms of preparedness against pandemics. And 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 despite that, we're 4% of the world's population. We had 25% of the world's cases. So we, we blew it in this regard. There's lots of things that we could do different, but the one thing that I would say that I came to the conclusion of is that I think we almost have to treat this more like we treat Department of Defense rather than we treat weather. Like, I think when we think about viruses, we think, oh, this is like a hurricane. Nothing you can do about it. Just shelter in place, let the hurricane pass, and, you know, then survey the damage afterward. It doesn't have to be that way. With defense, we basically say, okay, we're spending a ton of money on defense every year for potential threats. And those threats may never come. And people will say, well, you wasted a lot of money. Well, no, we didn't waste money because we had the peace of mind that we're constantly looking for these threats. I think we have to treat potential pandemics the same way. What does that do? It makes us very proactive. We're finding those jumps as soon as they happen. We're working on universal vaccines. We're funding all the the, uh, laboratory work. 
but also we don't have to litigate every decision afterwards. Should kids get the vaccine? Should we wear masks? These things just go into place automatically because they're now part of, of how we do things as a country. So you think masks are here to stay? I don't think they're here to stay, but I think they may come and go like we see in other countries around the world. Uh, other countries, when you go into a, a respiratory virus season where there's a lot of you know uh, viruses transmitting, especially in the winter months, people are more likely to wear masks. And if we did that, it would help with this particular pandemic, but it also help with things like flu. This gets back to the same thing about the compassion. Like, what are we willing to tolerate? I think that's what this is going to come down to. Tough question in America. 60,000 people die of flu every year. We don't have to have 60,000 people die of flu. Yeah, we don't have to have all these people die of you know, cigarettes. We don't have to have all these people die of poverty. We don't have to have all these people die of police brutality. Like, America's, like, that's a tough question to ask America. What are we willing to tolerate? Clearly a lot. It's a sad state of affairs, Very man. sad. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm black. I may be... <laughs> I would love to have that optimism. I listen to sounds of blackness for optimism. You know, I, I, I hear but, you. you know. Does that get better, Charlamagne? I don't know. It was until like over the past, you know, four or five years. I, I really think disinformation is going to really like be the death of us in a lot of ways. I really think social media is is that dangerous because of situations like this. Because when there are matters of life or death, but what, like what, this pandemic was. What is the objective? Like, is it just to create chaos? Is it just to sow doubt? Like, if I if I go on if I go online and I say new car, I'm searching for a new car, and I get a bunch of Ford ads. Mm-hmm. I kind of get that they're trying to sell me a Ford. Mm-hmm. But why do people? What what's the purpose of just creating chaos? Well, let me ask you. Well, you. Some people are contrarians, and they like to be contrary to things, and they don't trust government. And what about people who aren't though? What about political pundits on CNN? And you got a lot of backlash because you know you you admitted that CNN was wrong. For labeling ivermectin as horse dewormer. Well, look, it, it, again, this is one of those nuanced sort of things. And I think the situation there, just, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people know this, is that there was this, this belief that ivermectin was a medication that could treat COVID. Uh, there was no evidence to support that. But all of a sudden, there were a lot of people out there wanting ivermectin. Their doctors were not prescribing it for them because it was not approved or authorized for that. So what did people do? they went and received the veterinary formulations mm-hmm. of this. So that's why it got labeled a horse dewormer. That wasn't made up out of whole cloth. It wasn't, so why did you say they were wrong? Because there is another form of... What right? I, well, I didn't say they were wrong. What I said... So I was talking to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. In Joe's case, he got the prescription from a doctor. So he wasn't taking the veterinary form of the medication. The, the human form of the medication is a well-known medication and is very good at treating parasites. But just like we saw with hydroxychloroquine early on, there was no evidence that hydroxychloroquine worked. It took time to prove that, and seeing the same thing with ivermectin. How close are we to finding a like a cure or maybe some type of treatment you can take once you do get COVID? Because I've heard there's several things on the market that they've been testing that look promising. Yeah, there, I mean, just even uh, just a couple hours ago, uh, Pfizer just announced another uh, a, a potential therapeutic, uh, something that you would take if you got COVID to reduce the likelihood that you would get sick. So this is different than a vaccine, again, which is still preferable because I, I do believe that it's best not to get the virus and the infection in the first place. But there's two things now out there. Pfizer just announced this today, and Merck has something as well. It's available for people? Yeah, Merck Merck's, or something, right? Merck's already out. Mm-hmm. The Pfizer one has, the, the data just came out today. They're, they're going to be, a, FDA's reviewing it, and they say maybe by the end of the year. So that what's could the happen. Merck pill? What is the Merck pill that they've been saying? It's called Molnopiravir. It's, a, it's an antiviral. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, we, we, we think about antibiotics a lot, and that's for bacterial infections. There aren't as many antivirals for viral infections. With all the money that we spend in all this research, whether it's HIV and AIDS or it's cancer or some of the other, other diseases uh, and viruses that we don't have cures from, that doesn't seem strange. It seems like we have the smartest scientists. We have the best technology. I, 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 I hear you, but, you know, I got to tell you, just, just as somebody who... Is a, is, a, is a doctor myself. Because most people would be like, it, the reason there is, there really is one, but the money's in the treatment. But I look at it differently because like HIV AIDS, we've been trying to get a vaccine for 40 years. I mean, the fastest that a vaccine's ever been developed is four years. So the fact that they got a vaccine as quickly as they did, some people say, well, they rushed it. That's obviously a bad vaccine. Other people will say, well, man, that was our moonshot. We didn't think, you know, it could I happen. Like moonshine. But I mean, stuff like that does make people skeptical. Though. Does I'm, it make you skeptical or does it make it something we're celebrating too? Can't we celebrate I mean, it should things? be, right? Because it's advances in science, so it should be faster. I agree. So Trump and Operation Warp Speed should get a lot of credit. They should. They should. And we, and you know, look, no I did a whole documentary. I think the, the developers of these mRNA vaccines may receive a Nobel Prize for this. You know, some of these scientists have been working on this for for. Decades. It, the, mm -hmm. the people say, well, this is rushed. Well, actually, the technology behind messenger RNA, mRNA vaccines, has been worked on for a long time. So how much credit should Trump get for Operation Wolf? I think he should get a lot of credit. And he got a lot of flack. Well, I a think lot the, of pushback. the flack, I think, a little bit came from the fact that why didn't he embrace the vaccine? It was what oh, no, he tried to remember. He tried to he tried to name it after himself. Remember? <laughs> Did he do that? I remember yeah, that. Hell yeah! <laughs> but he didn't take. I mean, he didn't he didn't publicly take it. I should say he eventually took the vaccine. I don't know. I, again, well, I thought he was trying to take all the credit. I must have missed that because I, I thought he wanted to put his it, name on it. He was part of it. I think if you've done this, he's trying to get it out before the election. You said that early in the interview. I. I, I yeah, no, no, that, that's the thing. There was all these sort of conflicting messages. You know, we did it. We got it. And it was great. Now let's get it out there. But then it became like everything else. So politicized. politicized yeah. Every, name one thing that did not get politicized. Masks, vaccines. Everything. These therapeutics you're talking about, DJ, they'll get politicized. Mm -hmm. They already are. Hey, why would you take that instead of the vaccine? Ivermectin. Everything gets... I can't think of one thing that did not get politicized in this entire pandemic. And it's heartbreaking in a way. I agree. So how would you tell people to handle this holiday season? I don't know if you're going to like it. Don't tell us. I think the vaccine. There are people who are going to be getting together with their loved ones, which I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to this myself with my kids and my parents. They're going to be indoors because the weather's cooler around mm -hmm. most of the country. They're going to be snuggling in close. It's the holidays, you know, and watching movies together on the couch, whatever you do. And the, the, the idea that you can feel the most comfortable that someone around you is not potentially going to transmit the virus to somebody who's vulnerable, I think is really important. And I think the vaccine is our best bet at, at doing that. I when really the kids do. start getting it this week? Next Five to 11-year-olds can start getting it now. So seven weeks from now, I'll start. That's right. I'll so, so <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. So now and then three weeks uh, is the next shot. And then you'd be considered you'd be considered vaccinated two weeks after that. So potentially five weeks from now, you could be considered vaccinated. Well, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, we appreciate you. For that was a great us. conversation. I know you got to run, but thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thanks right, for having it's the, me. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Listen up. Well, congratulations to Nor Nori and DJ EFN Drink Champs. The episode with Kanye West made history for Revolt. 
So according to the chief brand officer of Combs Enterprises, Dion Graham, Revolt's long-term partnership with Drink Champs is a perfect example that we are more powerful together when we use our platforms to control our narrative and give the voices shaping our culture the freedom to create unapologetically. And Nori said, yeah, they say an interview of the year, yay. They also call me, calling me Nori Yega. The yalla get to the yada, the yalla to many views to count. I'ma stay home and drink water. Praise God. Dropping a cool bond for drink champs. Shout out to Nori. Three Shout million views ESA. and counting. Love it. Yeah, number one on the uh, Apple Music podcast charts too, man. Go check that out on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. All right, now some responses to that interview have been coming in all weekend. So let's start with Soldier Boy responding. Now, you, as you recall, Soldier Boy was not happy to be left off of uh, Kanye's Donda album. And when he was on with Academics, he had him read some of the messages that Kanye sent to him. Draco returned it finished F. 5.30 the next day. Okay. Which means, like, less than 24 hours. This is Ye gassing it now. Yo, this <laughs> Yo, Kanye put so much A and Z's and E's. I feel you. You feel me, bro? Like, Yo, you know when somebody gassing you? Man. No, this <laughs> crazy. Well, it was a different story when Kanye was on Drink Champs. Here's what he said about leaving Soldier Boy off the album. With Soldier Boy is top five most influential. But it's why like, you take him off your album? You didn't hear that verse? No. He was apparently mad at you. <laughs> the, the verse wasn't good? Nah, but I tell you what though, <laughs> Soldier Boy is the future though. That's why you have to send Kanye healing energy. Kanye is a true Gemini. Kanye will say that, you know, uh, behind the scenes, the Soldier Boy, but then publicly say something else. All right. Well, uh, Soldier Boy has responded to what Kanye said on Drink Champs in Soldier Boy fashion. Say that was crazy. You not finna baby me with some motherfucking Soldier Boy is the future. Shut the fuck up. Nigga. You talking? You said my verse wasn't hard. Nigga. Everything that come out my motherfucking mouth is hard. What the <laughs> is you talking about, Kanye West? Your album was trash. Just because it's your album don't mean you get to pick what the f is hard and what. Put it out and let the people decide what the f is hard. Well, I mean, he's like, who cut your hair? Man, forget that. I know you isolated that for me, Dan. You know what I need from that part. <laughs> we know what you need. All right. That now, was a wild. In addition to that, Big Sean. Um, well, there's a lot of responses here. Let's talk about Just Blaze first. Now, Kanye was on Drink Champs, and he called Just Blaze a copycat. Swiss Beats or Just Blaze? Well, Swiss Beats definitely because Just Blaze is a copycat. You know, he get credit for the blueprint, and I did the first half of the blueprint, and he just copied my half and got. I mean, look, look where I'm at today. Look where he at today. That's the most egregious thing he said in that whole. That's interview. hate. Like hate Just Blaze sounds like nobody. Not at all. Well, if you recall, Just Blaze did respond on social media. He said he was addressing it publicly, publicly because it was stated publicly. Um, and he goes on to say that Kanye did reach out to collaborate on various projects, including a collaborative project that he was looking for me to handle a good amount of. You know who else responded? Jay-Z. He was doing a live Twitter uh, chat uh, to discuss how harder they fall. And here's what he had to say on that chat. The Just Blaze thing was a bit unfair because if you're making an album and the, the assignment is soul samples, everyone's coming with soul. You're trying to make a cohesive piece of music. I don't think anyone was copying off any, you know, Bink has this problem. And, you know, the baby was the blueprint. And I think everyone should be prized for what we created. 
My guy Kaz asked that question too. Drop on the clues bonds for my man Kaz. In addition, Beanie Siegel is saying that Kanye promised him some money. Now, when Kanye was on Drink Champs, he did say he owes Beanie Siegel money. I still owe Beanie money, and I've been trying to give him this money for a minute. Oh, oh, he, he, he gonna get the money. Yeah. He gonna get the money. <laughs> oh, he gonna watch it. Go ahead. Yeah, because really, how you owe him money though? I don't understand. Because he made up the name Yeezy. Well, here's what Beanie Siegel had to say about that. Wow. So cut the check. I don't want to. million dollars and 5% stock in Yeezy. I don't want to hear the lip service from Kanye. I want to hear him actually cut the check. Cut the check for Beanie. Because you know, now it's public now. Like mm -hmm. that can be used in the court of law, right? Once well, he you, said he owes no. him money. He didn't say the yeah, amount. Say I'm, not, I'm, not the, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the amount, but the fact that he did say yeah, he, he said owes he owes money. money. Yeah. Beanie mm -hmm. Siegel created this Easy name. name. Yep. So that, that can be used in the court of law. Pay, run that man his money. But it just doesn't say what amount he'll owe. He'll give him, yeah. That's correct. the only thing. All right, well, that is your rumor reports. Can, right. can I hear the Soldier Boy thing one time, though? What's wrong? Everything that come out my mother mouth is hard. That's <laughs> all you care about? Man, drop one of the clues bombs for Soldier Boy, man. Soldier is so damn entertaining. That's all you care about. about. This whole thing That's all discussed. he was cared about. And by the yeah, way, no. um, there, is there to care about? This the is podcast is now at six million and counting for Revolt. Yes. That's huge. Yeah, Nori so just shout out six to million. Nori. Shout out to Nori. To Nori be listening. I don't know how he does it. Nori up. Shout uh, out to Nori. iHeartRadio app. Headphones. I'm just saying he's always listening. I don't know how he's up. Now he's he, up he does his run in the morning. He does his run in the morning. He does his his jog in the morning. He got he has. Nori, we're gonna do the marathon together, man. The marathon was in New York City this weekend. We got to start training now. All right, who are you giving that donkey to, Charlemagne? Man, you know we hear stories about uh, police officers torturing people in in jail cells, but this this is by far this is one of the worst I've ever heard, man. All right, we'll, we'll talk about it for after the hour. The Oklahoma. Officers from the Oklahoma County Jail need to come in front of the congregation. We like to have a word with them. All right, we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Novartis created the More Than Just Words initiative to raise awareness about racial disparities in breast cancer care. To learn more about what More Than Just Words hopes to accomplish... And hear a talk with Grammy-nominated R&B artist Jasmine Sullivan. Visit morethanjustwords.us. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, ask Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Hee-haw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes, Donkey of the Day for Monday, November 8th, goes to officers at the Oklahoma County Jail. The officers' names are Sheriff Tommy Johnson III, um, who else is named in this lawsuit? The Border County Commissioners, the Jail Trust, and two former jail officers. Now, they are being sued because they're being accused of failing to adequately train and supervise its officers. Now, these officers have a history of mistreatment, well known to supervisors, but no actions were taken uh, to stop them. Now, inmates at the jail in Oklahoma said they were subjected to cruel and inhumane punishment. A federal civil rights lawsuit alleges excessive force, describing the discipline tactics as torture events. Oh, it's hard to even talk about. Look, it's no secret. We've seen people, especially black people and brown people, people of color tortured in these jail cells. I think of what happened to uh, Jamal Sutherland in the Charleston County Jail. I think about, uh, 
Daggett County jails in Utah some years ago and how the Utah Department of Corrections settled lawsuits with former prisoners because one of the former guards, uh, Joshua Cox, according to lawsuits, required prisoners to submit to being shocked and bitten by attack dogs in order to keep their jobs working outside the prison fences. Sometimes they would abuse inmates if they simply wanted to return to their cells. Uh, Cox would taunt the prisoners, calling them the B word and uh, the P word. They would wrestle with them and choke them out. Just inhumane conditions all across the board. And the same thing is happening at the Oklahoma County Jail. In fact, what these inmates at the Oklahoma County Jail had to endure, no human should have to endure. If you're easily triggered, take a deep breath. Don't let the trauma these inmates experience sit in your body too long. Another deep breath through the nose. <sighs> Inhale out the mouth. And let's go to KFOR NBC4 for the report, please. Former inmates have filed a federal lawsuit saying they were forced to listen to Baby Shark at the Oklahoma County Jail. You know the song? Do, 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 do. Civil Rights Liars. Filed a lawsuit this week against the Oklahoma County Commissioner, Sheriff Tommy Johnson, the Jail Trust, and two former jailers. Attorneys described the discipline tactics as torture. A criminal investigation last year determined four inmates were subjected to the Baby Shark song in an attorney visitation room in November and December. <sighs> These officers forced inmates, forced an inmate in particular named Joseph Mitchell into a standing stress position for three to four hours while handcuffed behind his back and then played Baby Shark on loop made him listen to the song over and over while physically restrained in the attorney visitation room. These people are evil, man. Cruel is not a strong enough word to describe what these folks have done. I realized this morning that I have PTSD because of Baby Shark. See, Baby Shark tortures parents when we willingly let our kids listen to it. At some point, you have to turn it off. Do you know how much my I heard my second oldest, who's now six, lean into that damn machine? What's that machine? You said, what's you said Google. What's that thing called? The Google Play? That's what it's called? Alexa? So no, it wasn't Alexa. They was it? I don't know. You just lean into it and say, "Google, play Baby Shark," okay? Like, oh, and that, and me being prepared to listen to it, you know, I already knew it was going to be stressful. So imagine being forced. There is nothing more terrifying than hearing this as a parent. Listen, play it, play. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Just listening to that, dun, 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 dun. you just knew it was about to be coming. And listening to it over and over and over again. Red, let it let it ride one time for the one time. One time. Just slap that first. You first had to do slap. Slap to do slap to do slap. Shark, 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 all right, so everybody got to get a turn. Oh, Mama shark, daddy shark, oldest daughter shark, second daughter shark, third daughter shark. Now it's the fourth daughter shark. Oh, my goodness. See? Big ass family. All right. You can stop it. You can stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. No, no. 
How long has it been, Ray? How long has it been? How long has it been? It hasn't even been a minute, 30 seconds. So imagine three to four hours of this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. See? Oh, my God. All right. Is this not cruel and unusual punishment? Please give these officers at the Oklahoma County Jail the biggest hee-haw. Oh, oh man. Jesus Christ. Three to four hours? They did that in A Clockwork Orange. Did you see that movie? I don't even know With what that Beethoven. is. Yep. That was kind of the um, rehab they did to him in A Clockwork oh Orange. What, made him listen to Baby Shark? They made him listen to Beethoven over and over and over again. So whenever he was, um, and well, you got to see it. It's, that? But yeah, he ended up. That and Let It Go. Your kids don't listen to Let It Go? Not no more. Oh my gosh. But Let It Go ain't one of them songs that you're going to play over and over. No, and over if my kids over. play it over and over really? and over, they got the little Let It Go karaoke pocketbook thing where they sing into it. Oh my gosh. I might have threw that out the window mm. one day. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. You don't sing that. You just doesn't sound right when you sing it. I do sing it. I have no choice. I know it by heart. All right. Jesus. All right, where you want to go from here? I have no idea. Whatever you do, just let it go. What? Okay. Everything that come out my motherfucking <laughs> mouth is hard. <laughs> all right. That's Shoot. the greatest line of all time. All right. Well, it's Monday. Let's land to the Breakfast Club. I hate you guys. Everything <laughs> that comes out of my mouth is hard. Let it go. 800-585-1051. Let's land to the Breakfast Club. All right, we haven't done this in a while. Open up the phone lines. All right. Something that you don't like about me, ye or Charlemagne. 800-585-1051. Why? The one-hour loop of Baby Shark on YouTube has been viewed over 127 million times. Y'all just trying to keep y'all kids, kids occupied. Absolutely. I know what that is. You put the kids in a little playpen. <laughs> you turn it all on. And just, Lord give have me a little, mercy. Give me a little 30-minute nap. Just give oh me a little 30-minute nap. We've been there before. All right. Slam to the Breakfast Club is next. 800-585-1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Hey, keep the Breakfast Club humble with Slander the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's good, Breakfast Club? My name is James. I'm from Indianapolis. Hey, Peace, morning, James. James. Talk to us. Gotta slander y'all, man. You and um, Charlemagne, the Boombed Brothers. Why, why are you slandering us? What grown man gives another grown man a mole of their ass for a present? That's so old, bro. Mm. I don't get it, and then you playing with it. <laughs> Y'all gotta come out that closet, man. What's I think you. On, I think bro? you. I think you just upset because everything that comes out of my mouth is hard. <laughs> That's what I think you upset about. That means you didn't do your job. Nah, brother. Nah, brother. So, nah, brother. All right. Well, you <laughs> said, have a good Nah, one, brother. Don't let it out your mouth. Hello, who's this? Hard. <laughs> Angry Uncle Willie. Uncle Willie, what up? Go ahead, brother. Slender the Breakfast Club. What's going on? Good, good morning. Good morning from the 757. Good morning. good morning. Virginia, VA, what's happening? What's going on? Envy. Yes, sir. Nobody knows you out here. What are you talking about to real late you? What are you talking about? No one knows you. I know. I know. I'm trying to get myself known out in Hampton, Virginia, where I went to school for four and a half years, five years. I'm trying. Hello, who's this? Hey, DJ Andy. Good morning. Slender the Breakfast Club. Okay, so I want to talk about how ugly you are and how I don't like Solomon because he is 
I just wanted it. I had to get to you. I had to say this. I wanted to get to you. I wanted to say happy birthday to my little girl. <laughs> you lied. All love. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Samuels. Happy born day, Sanaya Samuels. I'm sitting there like I know this grown woman ain't calling up here with these whack ass third grade insults. You ugly and you stinky. She like no, but I do gotta give a birthday shot, and then you forgot to say her name. No, I did. I said her name is Sanaya. Okay, good. You well, got it. Thank you, Mama. Hello, who's this? Yo, it's OT. What's up, man? Got slammed to the Breakfast Club. Yeah, I want to slander Angela Yee for that rumor report of Kanye West. That soundbite, man, there was no positive soundbites to that rumor report. And I was very inspired by that interview. I was kind of confused. Uh, you only played negative soundbites. Well, we just played uh, the responses from the celebrities and people that he was talking about. But he did say those things in the interview, correct? Yeah, but he also talked about stocks, ownership, not owning braids. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I felt like y'all, y'all singled on the celebrity gossip. You got a point. It's you the ain't rumor wrong. report. I mean, it's, it is about gossip. He, he's not wrong, though, but that's just the way the news is. Like, you know, they always used to say back in the day, if it bleeds, it leads. And, like, you know, even, even, with, even with social media, the algorithms that, you know, move the most are the negative ones, sadly. But I don't, I, he's not wrong. You're not wrong. I, feel you, I, feel you. I got you. I not, when I saw that interview, I, I was super inspired, but... I feel you. I know what y'all saying. It's about the, the um, numbers. So but I, I the be, but the beanie the beanie part wasn't wasn't um negative. negative. Like you know the fact that Beanie Siegel created the word Jeezy and that he owed Beanie some money. I don't think that was negative. That was definitely positive. That was definitely positive. But majority was negative though. It was the John Legend, the Big Sean. So it's about the celebrity gossip mainly. But the, the big Beanie one was was definitely um was definitely um good. But also too, Kanye knows that if you get in the interview. And you give a lot of those sound bites where you getting that Talib Kweli, you getting that Big, Big Sean, Sean, you getting John that John Legend, Legend whoever you getting that, that's gonna that's gonna eclipse all the positive stuff you may have said. Well, have a good one, man. Slam to the Breakfast Club, 800-585-1051. Slam to the Breakfast Club, call us now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Keep the Breakfast Club humble with Slam to the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Man, Evie, I don't appreciate something, man. You need to give out the sauce on your fake beard, man, because us beard struggling, man. <laughs> they do something to attack you. They tell us to do, you know, all the extra things that on Angela E's podcast, man, but it just ain't working. You know, and you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Mine, mine, mine is not to my brother. What do you mean? Why, why you think it's a secret? Just go to the paint store, get you some black paint and a brush, and dip it in the can and just slap it all over your face. What's Goodbye, wrong, man. King? Why are you lying to that man? Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Khadija calling from Detroit. What's up? What up, dope? Khadija, got to slam to the breakfast club. Hey, I got to go for Charlamagne. Charlamagne, I love you. You know, like you have a, a gentle place in my heart because you're just as real as they come, but I need you to get your eyebrows together, sir. My, everybody, get some wax. everybody says I got amazing eyebrows. To, to the Dominican only like, up there. Like, they flaky, trust. They real flaky. They, they, they probably too flaky. So just come to Detroit and we gonna get you together. Well, he did, he did um, microblading. He did microblading before. I've never done that. What am I? What am I supposed to do with him though? I mean, like they, they, like I got thick, I got thick eyebrows, so I love a thick eyebrow, but they just. Too, just too much. It's too much. I'm not touching my eyebrows. You got your eyebrows done before, bro. 
I'm not touching my eyebrows. I've never, I've never, no, I have not got them done in my adult life. You got them done in his adult life. Yeah, when I when I was a kid, uh, some women gassed me up to get my eyebrows arched because they was like, Tupac got his eyebrows arched, and so I got mine. Oh, yeah, don't let them gas you up no more. So they, and they did, and they did them thin too. Like I had the thin you look, look the thin looking crazy as hell. <laughs> I don't. You definitely had thin eyebrows. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Kanisha from Westchester. Hey, good morning, Slander the Breakfast Club. Uh, I want to slander Andrew Lee. Not really slander her, but I just want to let her know, like. Um, I am comfortable with talking about sex and I would love to come on her show because there's so much more in reference to sex that she can talk about on her show. Like you what? Know, what do you want to talk sex. about? The LGBTQ community, the lifestyle community. I even DM'd you like some of the videos that I've done on another show to show you that I would love to come on and give you my perspective about the whole lifestyle community and whatnot. Okay. That's the plan. You know, we welcome everybody on the show to talk about whatever when it comes to sex. Okay, I'm very excited. I would love to come on. I think I would be a great addition to personality and everything. And just to enlighten people about a lot more anyway. Okay. okay. Hold on, okay? Let's get your number. Hello, who's this? This is Camille, a.k.a. Mrs. Coco Vance. Hey, Mrs. Coco, why are you upset? I am upset because Charlemagne then messed up my whole vibe this morning. I woke up listening to Erica Badu, and here he go wanting to play Baby Shark. We got kids <laughs> out here. You don't think we listen to that enough? I know, but I was trying to prove a point because these officers in Oklahoma were torturing the inmates by playing that song over and over. That's all. You said you want to hey, hear it again? You ain't have to play that song. You did not have to play that. You want to hear it again? Hey, what about do record no. what Badu record did you listen to this morning? I can tell you the one I, I do I use to set my intention, but what's yours? I listen to Didn't You Know every morning. I love that too. You know what else I love? I love uh the healer. Oh yeah. Off the new America. Oh yeah. Okay, baby. Now I'm you, you better go now if I let that baby shark rip. Let it rip, Red. Go, play it. Oh my god, you do the most. <laughs> All right, mama. Slam to the Breakfast Club, 805 Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, and let's talk daytime TV. Who is taking over this week for Wendy Williams? And we'll talk about somebody else who has a show in the works, allegedly. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, Wendy Williams is still on hiatus, according to a statement. It's because of her Graves disease and her thyroid condition. And so she does need some more time before she can return. In the meantime, Michael Rappaport is going to be serving as a guest host for part of the week this week. And then Bill Bellamy will be taking over. So I saw some people were going in and saying they want Sherry Shepard back. And they really enjoyed her. So I saw people on Instagram. We want Sherry hosting until Wendy's return. Bring back Sherry. We want Sherry. Wendy produces do better. So on and so forth. But again, Michael Rappaport starts today. Sherry's always good, though. Sherry mm-hmm. um, hosted it before, I mm-hmm. think, the first time when she went on hiatus. Yes. Sherry's, Sherry's dope. So people love seeing her on there. Who knows? And she right. got daytime experience from the view, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Hudson is in talks to get a syndicated daytime talk show. And they're saying this could premiere in the fall of 2022. So that could be exciting. And the Ellen DeGeneres show is wrapping at the end of its current season. We're looking for new things. So potentially um, Jennifer Hudson could be coming into the mix. Okay. And seeing her syndicated. 
All right. And speaking of TV, Master P has a series coming that's going to be showcasing his life. That is in the works right now. According to the release, the story of Master P is not the typical rags to riches rapper story. Percy Robert Miller was not a dealer or an addict or a gangbanger. What Percy learned from the streets was the hustle, making him an uber savvy entrepreneur with an empire worth $800 million. The series follows Percy as he pursues a pro basketball career to escape the hood, to blowing out his knee and reinventing himself, founding No Limit and becoming Master P, one of the biggest hip-hop artists of all time. So, I think that's an interesting show to watch. Master mm-hmm. P, a course, series man. on his life. Come on. I'm, in, I'm here for it. All right, and Will Smith is detailing the biggest regret that he had while raising his son, Jaden. You know his book is coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about his film, After Earth. So it details his co-starring experience with Jaden Smith. Jaden was only 15 years old. He had also starred in the remake of Karate Kid, which was a success, and The Pursuit of Happiness. But um, the budget for After Earth was $130 million. The film only made $27 million during the opening weekend. And according to Will Smith, the critiques of fans and the press was vicious, and there was a public mauling of his son. In his book, he wrote, After Earth was an abysmal box office and critical failure, and what was worse was that Jaden took the hit. Fans in the press were absolutely vicious. They said and printed things about Jaden that I refused to repeat. Jaden had faithfully done everything that I'd instructed him to do, and I had coached him into the worst public mauling he'd ever experienced. Then he found out that his son wanted to be emancipated at 15. Jaden had felt betrayed. He lost trust in his dad. He said that the pain, he said, we never discussed it, but I know he felt betrayed. He felt misled. He lost his trust in my leadership at 15 years old. When Jaden asked about being an emancipated minor, my heart shattered. He ultimately decided against it, but it sucks to feel like you've hurt your kids. Number one, I can't uh, wait to read Will's book. I'm actually pausing on on reading anything until that book comes. I ordered it last week. It should be here today. But secondly, I wonder how Jaden feels about that now, because Failure is just a part of life. You know what I mean? That. I don't even remember that movie. I remember After Earth, but I'm no. just saying, like, like failure is just a part of life. You're going to throw some things against the wall sometimes, and they're not going to stick. So I wonder, now that he's older, does he understand that I'm a sure more? he understands that now, but at that age, you just keep getting attacked. And then everything mm-hmm. else had been successful. You're not used to that, you know? So I'm sure it wasn't easy. All right, now uh, let's talk about Lakeith Stanfield. He said he has anxiety stemming from the harder they fall and from filming that. He posted on Instagram that he had crippling anxiety and drank every night after work while filming for that. And so he had spoken in the past about having difficulties with his roles and uh, dealing with anxiety. So have you all seen the harder no, they fall yet? It. It's really, really no, good. Gosh, I watched it, it twice already. I'm going to watch it this week. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm not going to lie. It's an amazing movie. So I, I highly suggest uh, everybody watch that. I'm sending Lakeith Stanfield healing energy, too. I hope mm-hmm. he, uh, hope he, well, he's, I, I saw him say he's talking to a therapist. So. All right. Yeah. Now, Howard University dean and former actress Felicia Rashad, people were upset about this video that had surfaced. Now, they're interviewing both Felicia Rashad, who is the dean of the College of Fine Arts, and her sister, Debbie Allen. And they're, uh, Debbie Allen, by the way, is a former Howard graduate. And they're talking about the students basically protesting because they want better housing, a, clean, a cleaner environment. And here is what was said. We know what the Howard student body means. In any country, when the students don't speak out, the nation is not doing well. When when the students do speak out and the concerns have been addressed and it's still not enough, what about that? Oh, well, that's a whole other thing. That's what's going on now. So are the concerns being addressed? Um, Okay, let's come inside. (laughs) Last question. What will you be telling the president today? Say what? What will you be telling the... Now, she said the concerns were addressed. 
Yeah, she's saying that is what happened. That's what Felicia Rashad said. Mm -hmm. And then she told the reporter, when the reporter asked, so the concerns are being addressed, she said, I wouldn't get into that if I were you. So people were upset, and they said that it was disappointing that she's not on, on the side of the kids being able to express themselves and get some answers on why there's mold, why there's rodents scurrying around about the leakages and I mean, the should, conditions in the dorms. I mean, they should understand that because they were, they were former students, so they wouldn't have wanted to live in those conditions. And mm -hmm. she's the dean there. You know, you got to represent for the students, too. They're the ones everybody works for, right? They're the ones paying the tuition. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right. Uh, we invited him, uh, the, the president of Howard Up. I, I haven't heard anything back, but I'd love to have him and the students up here to talk about it. Hopefully we, we can get to some kind of resolution. Has he spoken to the students yet? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I know when, when Hampton was going through that, you know, the uh, president at the time, I spoke to him and we tried to get the students in between and they got things right. So, mm. all right. Well, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Warner Brother Pictures presents King Richard, based on a true story that will inspire the world. Watch Will Smith's portrayal of Richard Williams, father of two of the greatest sports legends, Venus, Serena, and A Plan for Greatness, in theaters and on HBO Max. King Richard, November 19th, rated PG-13. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. We have Jody Lewis and attorney Daryl K. Washington. Good morning. Good morning. Now, this case in particular was horrifying to hear. As a woman, I would love for you to just break down what happened with Mia Marcano. We discussed this on The Breakfast Club, and now we want to get some of the particulars from you as working for the family as the publicist and as the attorney. Well, I can tell you, this has probably been one of the most horrifying stories that uh, and cases that I've had to deal with. Uh, to receive a, a telephone call from the family, uh, especially the mother and father, telling me that they're searching for their daughter and not getting any type of uh, feedback from the law enforcement officials. You know, when you look at this case, this is just what you call the, the, the perfect storm. Uh, the family had all the information that would have given the law enforcement agencies the, the information needed in order to arrest the suspect, but they were just totally ignored. Uh, just to see the mother and father come face to face with the suspect, the person who took their daughter's life uh, was probably one of the most hardest, the, one of the hardest things I've ever had to, to experience. But the one thing that really sticks out with me is the sheriff's deputy told the witnesses when they were explaining to him who were the, who was the suspect in this case, they, the sheriff's deputy said that this case was not a high priority. And as you know, every second matters with this case, uh, with these type of cases. Uh, Mia was found seven to eight days later, and the, the question still remains, when was Mia killed? how was she killed and, and when was she actually killed? So we still trying to get answers to these questions. We have not gotten the cause of death. We have not gotten the time of death. They're still trying to get this to the family. So as you can imagine, the family is still dealing with the trauma of all of this. So she lived in this apartment complex, right? Just to start from the beginning. And did she, she worked in the apartment complex as well? She did, right? yes, and uh, this is how she, she met this guy. So uh, as you know, uh, being a co-employee uh, with someone, everybody changed phone numbers uh, just to be friendly with each other. Uh, but this guy was uh, sort of 
obsessed with with Mia. I mean, he started with the long text messages telling her how he wanted to date her, offering her money, and, and these were things that she just totally rejected. Uh, she had no interest in this guy at all. Uh, she told her friends, she told her families, as well as um, her employer. But but sadly, uh, the employer did not do anything to to protect me in this type of situation. And he also had access to her apartment, correct? That's correct. And, and that is the thing that should have never happened. Uh, when you right. just do a general search of this guy's background, you see so many hits that come up. Um, this guy had full possession of the master key fob that allowed him unfettered access, not only in Mia's apartment, but all the tenants' apartments. And, and just to tell you a little bit about the Arden Villas, uh, this apartment complex is about five minutes away from the University of Central Florida. So the majority of the tenants at that apartment complex are college students. So it was, it, it becomes um, the perfect background for a predator uh, like Amanda, who took Mia's life. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, this was just horrifying for us to hear. And I saw that Mia's roommate also spoke out and had her own account of what the relationship was. Yes, Mia's uh, roommate, and I, I tell you, she really gave the family an idea of exactly what happened. Uh, if you look at the, the press release that was released by the Orange County Sheriff's Office, as well as the press conference that Sheriff Mina gave, uh, he clearly came out in defense of his sheriff's deputy. He stated on a number of occasions that the sheriff's deputy didn't see anything at that apartment that would have led him to believe that, that was the apartment was a crime scene. And that totally conflicted what the witnesses gave the sheriff's deputy on the, the morning that they were talking to him. Uh, number one, the first thing that should have been a sign that there was a major problem, there was a dresser that was propped against the door that did not allow anyone to enter into a Ms. Uh, room. That alone should have told the, the sheriff's deputy, coupled with the complaints that he was getting from the family, that we need to get people out here immediately to investigate what has gone on. Uh, this sheriff's deputy was very cavalier with the entire situation. Uh, he didn't dust the windows for fingerprints. Uh, he didn't collect any evidence. Uh, there was a security guard that was out there that told this the sheriff deputy that, listen, you need to dust this window to see if there are fingerprints. He didn't do this, but mm -hmm. but here, uh, Angeles, one of the worst situations that could have possibly happened. Now, remember, this guy had the key fob to get in Mia's apartment. All the, all the manager had to do was come to the apartment complex when she was contacted, use the technology that they had from this key fob, mm -hmm. and they could have told the sheriff's deputy immediately who went into this apartment. Uh, this uh, manager failed to come out to the apartment to assist uh, with the search for Mia, and sadly today, no one from that apartment complex have reached out to the family to wow. offer their condolences. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just shows you that we're dealing with an apartment complex that places profits over safety. Now, when we talk about Armando Caballero, right, he's the, the man who uh, killed Mia and then killed himself. Uh, so he did have a background record. He did. Uh, not only did he have a criminal background record, but he had a history at other apartment complexes. Uh, we've received so many telephone calls about this, this guy. Uh, the last apartment that he was working at prior to going to the Arden Villas, this guy had actually taken a weight and thrown into the door of a young lady's apartment trying wow. to get in. 
Um, he's actually, he was actually in someone's apartment when the lady got out of the shower. What? Uh, and he was there and they all complained about this guy and management, instead of management do something about it, the management blamed the, the tenants. Uh, this guy would then disappear from that apartment complex and end up at the Arden Village. So that alone tells us that there was no type of reference check conducted on this guy. It was not an extensive background check as they claim uh, was, was conducted. And, and the sad thing about this is this is a debt that was totally preventable. And, and to see a family have to deal with the loss of a 19-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. this is just something that they would never, ever be able to get out of their heads. Since, since the guy is committed suicide, what does justice look like for this family? Um, justice for this family is holding the this apartment complex responsible, is holding the police responsible, not just for them, but for, they're so concerned about everybody else. You know, one of the, the reasons that they, they uh, wanted to start the foundation and even talking with lawmakers about changing the laws is there's no quote unquote justice for them because they lost who they is their baby, their, their princess. Um, but they are fighting now to make sure that this doesn't happen to other families. And, you know, days, you know, after this, you know, they, they found their daughter, um, unfortunately deceased, they were already talking about how can we stop this from happening to anyone else? And they already acknowledged that because they're so well connected, they kept saying like, you know, Jody, gosh, what do the families that do not have the connections that we have actually go through? If we didn't have access to media friends, we didn't have access to retired police officers to help guide us, if we didn't have access to Attorney Washington to my, and others, what would those families do in this situation? So this family right now, justice is going to be about changing laws, holding people accountable, ensuring that their daughter's name is never forgotten, working on what we deemed me as law in the state of Florida. Um, and, and so that's that's kind of what justice is going to look like for this family right now. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We want to make sure that we, you know, also publicize this story as much as possible so it doesn't go under the radar and we keep our foot on their necks too to make sure that there is some type of accountability um, to the fullest. Yeah, yeah, I could just say this and I apologize. Man, this is such a serious problem that we have in our community. So many young girls are, are missing today and they don't get the same attention that a lot of these cases get. Uh, so we can imagine what a lot of families are going to so gone through. So I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of you know your day to to highlight this this case. Thank you, Jody. Absolutely. Thank you, Attorney Darrell. Anytime. And Jody, please keep me updated. All right. Well, thank you, Attorney Darrell Washington and Jody Lewis. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I got a positive note of the day. But first, I want to tell y'all to make sure to go listen to the God's Honest Truth podcast. Okay. Uh, the new episode went up today called Nothing Season. If you missed the episode Friday with Shannon Boudram and Michael Eric Dyson, then you can listen to the podcast um, today on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can go stream it on Paramount Plus until our new episode drops this Friday at 10 p.m. on Comedy Central, okay? Now, the positive note is this. Real growth is when you start checking and correcting yourself instead of blaming others. You take your power back by being responsible for your life. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 